Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Michael Eisner, and this is the AS Natural Health Podcast. I'm excited to announce the new logo for the podcast. Check it out. It's a nice star. I'm also announcing my new website. It's called asguided.ca. That's asguided.ca. I will include a link for for it in the show description down below. At the website, you'll see a bunch of Get In Touch links, so you can press on that, and that will take you to a form, and then I can get back to you if you have any questions. And I've been offering one-hour consultations to anyone who is looking to for any further guidance. And if you're looking for ongoing mind-body coaching, I'm also offering that as well. We have a great interview for you today, Darren Davis. I know you're going to get a lot out of this one, so sit back and enjoy. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to another episode of the Ankylosing Spondylitis Natural Health Podcast. Um, it's a pleasure to be here with you guys. Today we have Darren Davis with us. How are you doing, Darren? Great, thanks. Great. Yeah, good to uh, good to be with you today. Let me uh, let me just give you guys a brief description, a brief bio of Darren. So, he's 55 years old. He was diagnosed with ankylosing spondylitis and ulcerative colitis. He was born in Salt Lake City, Utah, United States. Raised in a mostly Latter Day Saints family, was brought up by his uh, single mother with a few men that. Were, uh, that came into his life along the way. In early childhood, him and his mother, they traveled around the West Coast uh, living in communities which could be likened to communes. Uh, he settled in Phoenix, Arizona until he was 33 years old. He has a degree in electrical engineering from the university, um, from Arizona State University. He now lives in Oregon with his wife of 26 years. He has two kids that are 26 and 24. There's your yes. life summed up in a, in a couple minutes. <laughs> I know. Sounds great. Yeah, it's pretty wild, man. When, I, when, I, you, were, when you wrote about the places that you've lived in, um, I'm just like, wow, what a, what, a, what a life to be able to go to all those great places. I mean, the West Coast of the United States is absolutely gorgeous and Yes. Living in Arizona, another one of my favorite places, so beautiful. And now you live in Oregon, which is another unbelievably beautiful place. It is. It's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Lucky guy. Lucky guy. <laughs> Not that I'm complaining. I, I love Ontario myself. Uh, Ontario, Canada is pretty awesome, too. Um, I've always wanted to go hiking, though, in those. I've seen so many pictures of those old volcanoes. With the long, uh, like slopes, like yes. that go up, and I look at with the lakes, and I'm like, oh my gosh, it looks so beautiful. It is. It's gorgeous. I've only been to Canada. I've been to uh, Vancouver uh, cool. once. That was beautiful. Um, yeah. But that's the only spot I've been in Canada. Okay. Right. Right. Yeah, Vancouver is very beautiful. Um. Let's dive right in. Let's get into your history and um, learn a little bit about the guy you were before um, you started feeling pain. What kind of personality traits, things sure. like that? Yeah. Um, 
You know, I guess I could sum it up as uh, I was a pretty, if I go back to, you know, even like teens um, or younger, pretty carefree. Um, I was an only child, so pretty comfortable spending time with myself, although I had, you know, family members around. Um, but um, there was a lot of time I just found things to do, you know, on my own and um, pretty comfortable with that. And um, up till maybe, I would say, mid-20s, um, you know, not a lot of responsibilities per se, right, that, that come along with life. Right. Um, pretty relaxed. Uh, had a lot of fun. And, um, mm-hmm. you know, I was quiet, always pretty reserved, I think, if I if I would sum it up that way. Um, but um, some of my past experiences, I was uh pretty comfortable in my skin um so i think that's a fair you know assessment of life before any as came into my life now i'm really curious like usually (laughs) you know i think about some folks and it's like well i was like a hardcore perfectionist or was really hard on myself or had a, a rough upbringing so i mean it just makes me curious to know about like what what yeah. was what happened? Like, uh, was there? Did you go through a, a, a hard transition or something? Um, when did yeah. you start feeling pain? Um, How old were you? I would have been. Let's see. It was. It was the year after I graduated from college, so I was thirty, thirty-one. So it was, you know, fairly late. I mean, I know various people you've talked to have uh, experienced pain earlier than that. Although it's not unusual with AS for it to happen a little bit, uh, you know, later. Um, And as you probably know, it can affect uh, different parts of people's body in different ways. So, yeah, it was it was about 30, 31. And until I filled out, you know, some of the information you had requested, I hadn't really thought about that period of time too much. But I think there's a couple of things that that kind of came together around that time that I feel was a contributing factor. Should we explore those? Yeah, I mean, if if you're completely comfortable talking about them that's cool and if not we can just say that you know some you went through some hard times yeah i mean i what's funny is i think you know a hard time is is all relative you know for each of us um so for me it certainly felt like a hard time and i look back on it now and i'll just point out a couple of things um there was two things that kind of happened at this point. One, I was getting serious with a woman that I, I really loved, who's my wife now. And that was something that hadn't happened before for me. Um, so it took me kind of a while to find somebody, you know, that I really, really clicked with. 
And that was a great thing, but there were also things that it brought up, you know, from my past. Um, one of those, I think, is just um, as much as I love my mom, and she did a great job raising me, how I perceived, you know, not having a father definitely impacted me. And, you know, I didn't want to get into a marriage and potentially have kids and feel like it wasn't, it wasn't good enough. I think that's probably the best way I could sum it up. Uh, that I wasn't ready, that the situation wasn't good enough, quote unquote, right? That's a common theme I think we'll <laughs> maybe come up against. Um, mm. So that, that was coming up for me. And then, of course, the idea of, I knew, you know, my wife wanted to have kids and that was scary for me. And it brought up some of those same feelings of, wow, am I really ready, you know, to do this? Um, and I was beginning my career. Uh, I'd went through a pretty uh, challenging five years of getting my education and I was now beginning to start my career, uh, which, you know, some people started earlier, say, graduate from high school at 18, you know, go to school for four or five years or maybe more. They're starting earlier. So I started a little bit later, but I was feeling some of the the pressure or what perceived pressure to me at the time of, uh, you know, having all these pieces kind of have a confluence of coming together. You know, starting a family, having kids, starting a career. These yeah. three kind of came together at one time during that span of two or three years. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot going on. Um, had you experienced, uh, like, were those all new feelings of maybe self-doubt or were they, like, were all those repressed and you had no idea that they were there until you were faced with these things? Exactly. That's, wow. that's, that's that's what I think. Yeah, <laughs> just just waiting, waiting for this to happen. Amazing. Yeah, there were yeah there, there were some signs, you know, earlier on, um, but uh, you know, they were things I think I had repressed or you know feelings mm. anyway, and enough time had gone by that I didn't feel like it was uh, that big of a deal. You know, for example, um, I think my my mom and dad were um, divorced when I was one year old, and I didn't see him until I was eighteen. Well, seventeen, I believe, and that was a very wow. interesting, yeah, experience. Um, so, you know, there were a lot of things I decided. I think subconsciously um, that I hadn't really had to revisit and think about, you know, belief systems really. Right. I think is what it boils right. down to. Yeah. Yeah. So how um, you said you were about 31 and where did you start feeling this pain at, at that age? So I used body? to, yeah, I used to love to golf. I mean, from like yeah. when I was in high school and 
I started noticing after I played or even during my low back was hurting quite a bit. And, you know, that went on for probably two or three years. It would go away and then it would come up again. And I thought I just injured it really. Um, but it, it kept getting worse. And I, I had some, MRIs, which at the time was a fairly, you know, revolutionary um, uh, diagnostic technique. And it did show some abnormalities, you know, in my lower back, but nothing significant to really worry about. And interesting note on that, like... (laughs) They've done these studies, I don't know if you've seen them, where people get MRIs and they then ask them what kind of uh, pain, if all, they have in their back. And many of them say, I have no pain. Nothing's wrong. And yet you look at the MRI and it's like, wow, this person looks like they're, you know, 20, 30 years older than they actually are. And that just, that fascinated me. But at the time, I didn't really know that. But uh, the things that it did show, I thought, oh, okay, there's something, you know, quote unquote wrong, you know, with my lower back. And that was where it really started. Right. Yeah, that's a really... Uh, I love hearing about that too, like chiropractors who are examining um, pictures of x-rays of people's backs or MRIs and they're looking at them and they're saying, this person, exhibit A, should be in a lot of pain and yet they feel nothing. And then exhibit B, who's got a perfect spine, nothing's showing up, they're experiencing a lot of pain and then sometimes there's a crossover, but really it's not it's not necessarily definitive proof that you know, an abnormality is going to lead to pain or, or vice versa. So, um, in your lower back, was that, was that pretty much it? Or did you start feeling it in other places? What led you to, um, a rheumatologist? Right. Yeah. That's, (laughs) that seems like that's a common eventual, um, stop for many of us with AS. Yeah. So it, it progressed. Um, at uh, at that time, I was actually moving. I was leaving the state in Arizona to move to Colorado to take a, a different job. And, you know, now that I look back on it, that was also quite a stress. Um, just, you know, in my how I perceived it. Um, I was, you know, living there by myself, just renting some room from a guy, you know, while my wife and kids were still in Arizona, trying to get established there uh, with the new job. And I started having more, I guess you'd call it thoracic, you know, mid-back type pain. And, you know, uh, I think back now it it was not constant. It was something that would come and go as well. But at the same time, within about a year of that, I started also having symptoms of uh, ulcerative colitis. And, you know, they did some tests and basically diagnosed me with that. 
Um, but this time I would have been 33, 34. And that's when the AS started to ramp up more in the pain. Uh, I, in fact, I think I mentioned this to you in the, the bio, but I remember vividly coming home from work because I was in so much pain just sitting there at work. Uh, it was hard to do many simple things. So I thought, well, I've, I just got to go home and I lay down and see if I can, it'll pass, you know, take some, some pain medication. So I got home and I, I, I got some pain pills out and I dropped one on the floor and I reached down to pick it up and I literally could not get off the floor. I was there for at least 30 minutes. I couldn't even crawl. It was such strong pain. My wife wasn't home uh, at the time and it just felt (laughs) really bad. I just felt like, man, I am at a, a certain type of a bottom, you know, as far as pain goes. I'd never experienced something like that before. Finally, I was able to crawl over the couch, get on the couch, lay there. But uh, that pain pretty much, that type of pain came back, you know, again and again. And at that point, I hadn't gotten the diagnosis for AS. I didn't know what was wrong. I just uh, uh, had this feeling like, wow, you know, what? What is wrong with me? You know, I'm only in my early 30s. and I'm having these kinds of issues. Uh, I felt some sort of like just. I was I had lots of emotions, anger had anger, like, why is this happening to me? Um, You know, what what did I do to bring this on? You know, just not understanding, you know. And. um, yeah, it wasn't until, I mean, I I started taking some medication, you know, as many of us do, for the pain and also for the ulcerative colitis. And so was this prescribed by a rheumatologist or was this? No, actually at the time it was, um, it was just my general doctor. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Because right. I, I, didn't, I didn't know to see a specialist. I just, you know, people right, have back right, right. pain all the time, right? Yeah. So what, what then, kind of medication were you taking? Um, they were time, basically uh, they were basically NSAIDs, you know, non-steroidal okay. anti-inflammatories. Yeah. I don't remember. I think naproxen was one um, that I took for a while. Uh, of course, I just took like Tylenol and Advil and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. I was taking too much of those. That definitely has some negative side effects. Yeah, on its own, you know. (laughs) Uh, Then I was taking, you know, the ulcerative colitis medicine. Is that sulfasalazine? No, it was. uh, Well, there's probably different names it goes by, but Azacol is one, or uh, uh, starts with an M too. Um, uh, Mesalamine. Oh, okay. These were two that they gave me. And they sort of worked enough, 
like I think both things at the time worked enough that I felt like, oh, I can I can get by. You know, I don't, I'm not I'm not feeling great, but I can manage, right? And sometimes that's that's sufficient to keep you from really diving deeper into what's going on, you know. Or uh, as I would find out later, just looking at more of the mindset um, of my mindset. So at that time, I also moved from Colorado to Portland and started having again some pretty severe pain where, you know, you just you couldn't sleep at night. I remember just a lot of sleepless nights, um, being in so much pain in the morning, you know, I'd get up and it'd take me, I don't know, 30 minutes to an hour or or having to take a shower, you know, a warm shower to just feel like I could move, you know? And I found a, at that time, a rheumatoid arthritis doctor and they did a, they did a genetic test Maybe it was HLBA27 or something like that. HLAB27. It was positive, he told me. And he also did one of the other classic tests of, uh, you know, the narrowing of your SI joints uh, through x-rays. And both of those were positive. So he gave me the diagnosis of AS. And I... I remember that day because it was I I went to eat with my wife afterwards and I was just so despondent. I just felt hopeless. Like, wow, this is my life. You know, I'm now going to and, you know, they give you the bleak picture sometimes. Right. Of Well, if you don't do this treatment protocol, you know, you can end up like this. And it really hit me hard. For quite a while, actually, I took the medicine for the pain at that time. He gave me, um, uh, it was a, I forgot the name now. They took it off the market because they were, people were having heart problems because of it, but it worked. It worked for the pain. It was, uh, one of those, uh, you know, blockers for uh, types of pain receptors that uh, many people like this face. And that was, that was a glimmer of hope for me. I remember, wow, this is helping my pain. I'm going to be okay. You know, I have something. Uh, Of course I was still taking, that would have been, I guess now my third or maybe fourth medication that I was taking for these, you know, both of these uh, symptoms of ulcerative colitis and AS, but I was, you know, I could function again. So that was a reprieve. Um, and things went on that way for probably three, four years. And I would say I kind of stabilized you know, during that time. But um, 
as fate would have it, oh, it's called Viox. That was the name of the medication. Viox. They took that off the market, and I had to find something else. And I tried a few things that I don't really remember. They didn't work. I know that, so that's probably why I don't remember them. But eventually, I found a specialist at uh, Oregon Health Sciences University here in Portland. And he said, well, we'd like you to try these injections. And it was Humira. Okay. Yeah, so that was kind of my first, you know, uh, biologic-type treatment. Right. And, you know, that that actually did help for okay. probably two to three years. And, and and reduced your pain by how much, would you say? I would say by about 50%. Okay. Yeah. So, right. you know, I'm now probably operating at a maybe a pain level of three to four, you know, most days. Yeah. I mean, right. it's, you can live, you know. With, um, it wasn't what I wanted. I knew that I I could probably do better, but I was just relieved. And that's the thing that was a common feeling for me. I Just being grateful that there's something you know, with these medications that could help give me a little bit better quality of life. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm really grateful for all the medical doctors that, that I, that helped me, you know, to try to achieve that. But I still knew in the back of my mind, this isn't really where I want to be. You know, I think, I think I could do better. Um, okay. And I just didn't know, you know, what, what else to do so um yeah uh i mean there's there's more to that story if you want to progress through that but that was basically i think at my plateau point with as where i felt like okay i'm sort of functioning Uh, i'm taking four different medications now um and that I say that not because I know there's um, maybe some people that would listen and say, oh, that's a blessing. And yes, it was a blessing. But for me, in my mind, this ties back to feeling like there's something wrong with me, you know, quote unquote. And um, I need this medication to make me okay. That was the mindset at the time that I had. Right. And that's not, as I discovered meeting other people, you know, with uh, conditions like this, that's not actually a common thing. There are many people that are just, hey, you know, I'm doing great. I got these medications. I got a great doctor who's, you know, uh, helping me. Life is good. Hmm. So, you know, there's definitely a, a difference in how people perceive um, being able to have a quote unquote normal life, right? Whatever that means. Yeah. 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 That's interesting. Maybe for some folks being on biologics or, 
whatever, it's not a problem. They feel totally a lot right. better and they have no issues with, they fully believe right. in the medication, no side effects. Right. However, you felt like you, that wasn't the case with you. There was something nagging or the pain wasn't all gone or something. Right. You were three or four. So, I mean, that would lead me to going, mm, you know, does life get better in this? Yeah. I don't know. You probably well, pain... could remember feeling good when you were younger. Oh yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago. I could, I could remember it. And, um, you know, like we talked about my wife, you know, she was with me before any pain during the pain, you know, and still, so she's seen that whole arc. So she would remind yeah. me sometimes you forget, you know, you just get locked into, this is the way things are. And she would remind me, ah, you remember when we used to go do this and, you know, you were so um, physically active. And I've gotten to the point where at this point, I think when you deal with pain on a regular basis, um, movement almost becomes an enemy because you yeah. think, at least I did, you think that the more you move, the worse it's going to get. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and there were times that yeah, I felt that way. <laughs> oh, I know. I can't even think of all the different ways I thought that different specific types of movement would be really particularly bad, you know, and like on, on different surfaces and with different shoes or right. something like that. <laughs> like yes. All these pain points and concerns. Anyway, it's, it's not funny, but I mean, wow. I, we get it. We get it yeah. that it, you can start seeing enemies or threats and all kinds of in our environment. So anyway, go on. Yeah. So that's where I was, you know, I gained, um, quite a bit of weight. I was at my heaviest point. Um, okay. this would have been like, um, Oh, probably about eight years ago, seven or eight years, eight ago. years? Yeah. And how much yeah. weight do you put, did you put on like above, above your, uh, you know, like yeah. a healthy or whatever, a, a normal weight for you? How much did you put on? Like 40 pounds. 40 pounds. Okay. And was that because of medication or was it a combination of medication and just not taking care of your body, not living a sedentary lifestyle? Right. Um, I would say it's a combination. Like uh, one of the medications I had had to start taking was prednisone. Oh, yeah. Right. Weight, weight gain is kind of a common side effect there. Uh, I had, yeah. yeah, I'd begun eating for comfort. Um, yeah. And so definitely consuming a lot more calories. And because of what I was mentioning with the pain of moving, I had become very sedentary. You know, those are three kind of double whammies. So yeah, uh, triple whammies. Right. Yeah, it really it kind of peaked at that point. Um, and I was I was searching. You know, I've always been kind of searching. My mom is also very um, attuned, I would say, or in tune to different modalities of healing. Uh, so she would you know, at times mention, Hey, you know, have you thought about trying, you know, acupuncture, have you tried this? And I would try many of those things or try this supplement or, and there might've been with some of those, a little improvement, but it didn't like, you know, really change my life. Um, 
So I was still searching, and um, this would have been about 2015. I had a particularly bad um, ulcerative colitis flare. Because even though my pain had kind of been down around a three or four from AS, I started having more and more problems with ulcerative colitis. You know, uh. yeah, to the point where it's just like this is dominating my life now. Wow. Um, you know, I mean, just things that none of us. Well, if you've had ulcerative colitis, you might appreciate, it, but not wanting to go anywhere unless you knew where a bathroom was. Yeah, I've it's, been there. Yeah, I, I, I was diagnosed with ulcerative colitis. Yeah, it's going. It's rough. Uh, I yeah. So I had reached kind of a peak at about 2015 where I was, you know, I went to the doctor and he's like, yeah, we're going to have to put you on another medication um, to manage this AS. And, of course, at this time they had correlated the fact that if you get one autoimmune disease, which – um, you know, most of the medical community will categorize ankylosing spondylitis as an autoimmune disease. Um, then you're like 30% or more likely to get another one. And it just gets worse, you know, so you start collecting them, right? Um, and he recommended this, it was another biologic. I think it was Enbril. So Enbril, yes, right. Yeah. And also wanted me to take methyltrexate. Oh, wow. Um, and I had this kind of epiphany. I remember being in the doctor's office, and I had been, I'd been following some folks on social media who had, you know, ulcerative colitis kind of issues. And, um, one of them was a cookbook author and she had gone, you know, gluten free and had a lot of success, felt pretty good. I remember telling the doctor, well, what if I just changed my diet, you know? And, you know, basically he said, well, food isn't the problem. It's not really going to help you. Um, and so I left that appointment thinking, wow, that's discouraging. So I just had to keep collecting medications, you know, until I can find a place where I'm stable. But I made a decision that night. I'm like, I'm just going to change my diet radically. I mean, what do I have to lose? You know, at some point when you have ulcerative colitis, you don't want to eat much anyway. Because it, it feels like it can be a trigger. So you start not really knowing it, but just it's just kind of survival. You start limiting things that you're eating. Um, and I had done that, but I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm just going to follow a restricted diet and try to reset myself. You know, where what, did you, who, who was guiding you with that? Were you, were yeah. you reading that that cookbook, or how um, did you? What was your guidance with that? Yeah, that's that's a good uh, point because the doctor had not really given me much guidance there, so I felt like I had to go out and you know seek it on my own. And yes, this 
cookbook author was um had mentioned whole 30 i don't know if you've heard of whole 30 so the whole 30 diet is uh, pretty popular nowadays uh with a lot of folks but it i i didn't really know much about it but i knew that it was it was getting back to some basics which made sense to me you know things like try to eat things that don't have a label right i mean you don't there's no labels on vegetables and fruits and and you know <laughs> proteins and it's all the stuff right. in the middle of the grocery store you know that's the problem uh potentially so just getting back to eating whole foods that that's pretty yeah, simple yeah. but in my case i wanted to be a little if i'm going to do this i'm i'm going all in you know so i wouldn't necessarily recommend everybody do this but it it, it was something i felt strong about so you know i decided i'm just going to eat uh, you know proteins good good healthy proteins um vegetables a little fruit um no sugar which is part of whole 30 um no alcohol no caffeine and that was that was pretty drastic uh no of course no gluten or grains of any kind I did that for, I remember it was like March 15th of 2015, and I started, and I did it for about a month, and I was like, wow, I feel different. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Yeah. Um, I didn't know why. I just, I just suddenly, I literally stopped having ulcerative colitis symptoms wow. after a month. Oh. It wasn't completely gone, but I mean, it was manageable. And I did that for six months, that diet. And by the end of the six months, my life had just changed completely. Um, It took about three months before the pain of, you know, joint pain and AS typical type pain started to diminish. And yeah, it was it was like a miracle. I I couldn't believe it. And that was yeah, so that was 2015. What I did that, that sounds great. Did that diet include sweet potatoes and potatoes? And yes. squash? Uh, no potatoes because that's kind of in the category of uh well, it has some chemical properties to it. I'm not a, you know, a real sciencey person in that respect, but um, I had heard other people had issues with potatoes, so okay. I did not, I did not do those. I think it has more to do with some of the the chemicals that are if they're too green. Uh, but don't quote me on that. Anyway, I did sweet potatoes because those yeah. were those were good. Yeah, and squash and. Right. So there was still carbs, you know. It's not yeah. like I was dropping carbs or anything. Um, it just some of them naturally falls off, right? When you are not doing sugar. I love pastries. That was one of my weaknesses. <laughs> <laughs> Yum. <laughs> and, yeah. <laughs> so 
uh, that uh, that when those things go away, yeah, you're you're dropping carbs anyway. For you know? sure. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so so this sounds good. Like, why isn't the story end there? Like, yeah, uh, it's 2015. Uh, joint pain's going away after after three months, six months down. Your ulcerative colitis is. You're feeling much better. Yep. So, did you? What happened? Well, that was you just... that was that was the beginning, really, of my transformation. Um, right. But at that point, it didn't include any kind of real mindset. Okay. You know, it was strictly just um, the diet. Yeah. I was still afraid to move, so I was doing no exercise. Um, it was it was funny, too, because I remember, yeah, about six months after I started thinking, I'm not really in that much pain. Or it's pretty infrequent, yet I'm still kind of reluctant to do any movement or exercise or even walking. Or... Oh, and, wow. You know, it kind of struck me. Um, and that continued really until the fall of 2018. I just did not really do any exercise. I just continued to eat like that and just started feeling a lot better. And, and were you still on the medication all this time? Well, uh, good, good question. So I actually had dropped the prednisone, which was great. Yeah. I mean, they, they actually don't want you to take that long term unless, of course, there's not another option. So I dropped that one first. Um, I then dropped the Azacol. And the salamine for the ulcerative colitis. And I was feeling like, wow, this is amazing. You know, um, I still had, uh, what was I still taking? I was still taking, oh, actually at the time, this is another interesting side note. I had started taking for pain um, uh, hydrocodone, you know, which is uh, an opiate. And it works great, but uh, as you probably and many of your listeners will know, there's there's a lot of potential risks with, with opiates. Um, yeah. But so I was, I had become, I didn't realize till later, I'd become kind of addicted to taking those, even when I didn't uh -huh. necessarily have the pain. Uh, yeah. That's, you know, that's... That took me a while to really get a handle on. Ma, were you, sorry, were you on the biologics still? I was until 2016. And then I told my doctor, I remember going in to see him for a checkup. And, and I said, you know, I don't think this is really doing anything for me. Plus, I'd started to have another strange uh, symptom or side effect, which was um, inside of my ears, I would get like just this dry, scaly skin. And when I told him about that, he said, yeah, that's, that's, I've seen that in some other patients as a side effect. He gave me some cream for it, you know, to, to use once in a while, but 
um, I told him, I said, I want to stop the, uh, the Humera. And, you know, he said, well, I don't know if that's a good idea. Um, I said, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And I'd like you to support me. I'm going to try going off of this. He said, okay, let's try it. And yeah, that was 2016. And I never went back. Wow. That's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Congratulations. Thanks. So you did you you stayed on this diet? Yeah. And um and the uh and you were on the opiate at that point? Yeah. Did that come in later? No, I started taking that at the same time for you know the pain spikes. Uh, even when I was on the uh, Humera. So okay. yeah, I I I took that. At that time, I was taking high blood pressure medicine because I had high blood pressure. Um, yeah, and a, one other one. And I think that was for the, um, yeah, it was for the uh, the seizures that I'd had years ago. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, we didn't mention that, but yeah, growing up, you had, you had seizures. Yes. And so anyway, I think that probably, yeah, it was fall of 2018. I thought I need to get serious about some movement, some exercise. (laughs) You know, it's about time. And I thought I've been always kind of this data oriented person. I guess that's just maybe my career, but I thought, wow, wouldn't it be fun to get like a, a scan of my body to see, you know, how much fat I had, you know, where it might have been distributed. Uh, they call it a DEXA scan. It's a fairly yeah. common thing now. So I found a place um, in Portland here who did that, and I went down there and I got one. And it turns out this place also, you know, they had physical therapy, and you know, I'd went through two or three physical therapists during this period of time when I was struggling, you know, with the pain because they felt that would be a good thing. And, you know, it is no doubt. I had some success with it. Didn't really stick with it. Um, Not even sure why. I think it just, it's the typical reasons, you know, you, you think, Oh, I'm out of pain now. Do I really need to continue putting the the time in on this? Because I did get out of pain at one point. Uh, of course, I don't know if it was that or the medication at the time or the hydrocodone, to be fair. Um, but anyway, I found this place and I really hit it off with the physical therapist they had there on staff. I could tell... I had a connection. I could tell she was somebody who um, wasn't just the typical, you know, physical therapist that was going to maybe, you know, do ultrasound or just kind of manual therapy. She believed in exercise and that it, that it was really, it was a healing thing. So I started going there uh, to see her 
her name is Dr. J.D. Romick, and I think it was the perfect time because I was ready, you know, to do something with my body. And I think I just needed somebody who could advocate for that, you know, be like a guide and say, hey, you could do this. Um, you might be in pain now, but guess what? That's totally normal. There's nothing wrong with you. We're going to work through it. And that's what she was for me. And that started the beginning of being real serious about exercise. And over that next year, I dropped all but one medication. Wow. And I got strong and felt empowered. And it was just incredible. Really, that was kind of the next level, you know, of the journey is, um, as she called it, you know, champion in your body. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I think is a really good, empowering statement. You know, if you're going to advocate for yourself and become a champion of your body, you know, you're going you're gonna to do what it takes to, to put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. That was great. That that's awesome. Yeah, I I I have had such great success with with exercise as well, and I just love it. And I mean, it's just like doing what a normal, healthy person would do. And and the body, like my body, it just loves it. And I feel good. I feel motivated. I feel agile and flexible. And anyway, that's that's awesome. So that was that was just a year ago yeah okay. yeah well, it was 20 2018 right. to 2019 uh, i saw her for about a year which and, and yeah and you got off the i forget the name of it the the opiate in that time. yes during that time well she challenged me on that too which i think i needed because interestingly enough the doctors weren't challenging me Mm, yeah they're like oh you need another sure you know here's another three refills um i i needed that i needed somebody to say hey maybe you don't need that you know how are you you and you know i just gradually i i did go tell the doctor i'm like i want to get off this you know and he's like well Okay, here's what you need to do. So he gave me a, you know, a protocol, a taper off, which is important because I had a yeah. few scary, scary moments with uh, hydrocodone that kind of definitely urged me to make a change. Um, what are you willing I, to talk about that? Or? Yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just. I mean, it's not. Of course, there's many worse situations but it only took a couple of things you know one was i it's just it was a mix-up really for me i i had taken two doses i forgot you know that i had taken one earlier took another one actually took took twice of what i normally would take um I mean, you know, these were not high quantities for me. I'm talking like maybe 10 milligrams. Um, people take much more than that. 
But taking that double dose so close together, I I almost blacked out. I was at work. Mm. I remember just thinking, I am sweating, and I feel like I am going to pass out. And it was scary. And it passed, fortunately, you know, in about 30 minutes. But I was like, you know, if I make a mistake and combine this with alcohol or something like that, and uh, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with that. You know, I need to, I need to do something. Um, And that was about that same time, you know, when I was working with Dr. Romick and she, she encouraged me to, you know, talk to the doctor and get off of it. So Mm. I I did, and uh, it it was mentally harder than it was physically. I mean, yeah, I knew, wow. yeah. There, I would, and I wouldn't recommend, of course, anybody do this. But I had experimented on my own of not taking it for say two or three days. You know, can I can I not need this, right? And I had feelings of like you know, just being really restless and jittery. And those were really kind of withdrawals um, in a, you know, in a small sense. Of course, it could be worse. And by going off uh, gradually, mentally, it was easier because it was really um, a crutch, you know, that I had used to think that I needed it to feel okay. Because it doesn't just take away pain. You know, those opiates have some powerful effects, too, on your brain. And um, I felt really good about getting off of it. So I put that one behind me. And then, really, I just had blood pressure medicine. Um, And actually, at one point, I stopped that, too. Um, I was... I was doing great. The doctor said, well, you should probably not take it because your blood pressure is actually kind of low. Um, Good. Yeah, eventually it came back. That was around like the beginning of COVID. Um, I suspect just some stress, additional stress in my life uh, at that time as well. So, yeah, uh, feeling great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, no that's kidding. kind of my arc, I guess, of of AS. And it's still a learning journey because um, we could get in the next aspect, which is really the mindset, I would say, uh, if you want yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. What What led you to keep searching? Like, why Why didn't you just stop there? I mean, you'd done the physical therapy, you're exercising, this diet was working out for you. Why were you still searching? <sighs> yeah, that's a good question, Michael. I think um, I still had feelings um, in the background uh, that I was dealing with, feeling like um, not feeling super confident that this is something that would stay. Yeah. Feeling some anxiety, like, oh, this is just temporary, you know, eventually 
you know, these problems are all going to come back. There's just thoughts like that. Um, and it didn't make sense, you know, because I was feeling so good. Like, where, where is this coming from? Um, having just issues come up too in your life, you know, every day that, uh, that challenge you with some old beliefs. Um, you know, one of them I'd kind of work through. It's still a process, but feeling like movement was was not a good thing. You know, Dr. Rone yeah. helped me a lot with that. Um, so, yeah, I think it was just still some nagging feelings. Like, now I've gotten rid of some of this really strong... Um, you know, things that were dominant in my life, which was pain, right? And now you start to notice more of the things in the background that come up that you really didn't have the ability to focus on at the time because you were just surviving the pain. And, and those things become patterns, right? And when you can get rid of some of those aspects, you unearth other things that are now more apparent to you. That's what it felt like for me. Yeah. Yeah. So I, at that time it was, I guess it would have been, yeah, 2018, end of 2018. I discovered your podcast actually. I don't, I think I was just searching on one of my podcast apps for anything related to ankylosing spondylitis. Um, I've always enjoyed podcasts. I think it's, it's a great way that people can reach out and help others. And so I discovered some of your episodes and I was just, I was blown away. You know, I'm like, wow, these people are talking about stuff that, you know, I've struggled with and, and they're having success. And a the common theme to me felt like mindset. Um, you know, what, what were these folks looking at and, and working on that enabled them to go to the next step and to not just be living with, you know, whatever was going on? And, you know, one of the, the people that was mentioned uh, was, you know, Peter Winslow. And so... I decided in January, I reached out to him, and he was going to have um, an eight-week um, group session, uh, which is the you know AS Victors. So I started that in January of 2019, and we ended up going for 12 weeks, oh. and it it was it was incredible. Really, it changed so many things for me. I think the common thread, though, once again, was evaluating the beliefs. You know, for me, a central one was I am broken. And all of the ensuing, you know, shame and feelings of, you know, not being good enough and all that being wrapped up in perfectionism which I think I love the quote 
um, from Brene Brown. I don't know if you've read any of her books, but yeah, uh, yeah, she's awesome. Yeah. If perfectionism is driving you, shame is riding shotgun. Wow. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> right. <laughs> It kind of hit me hard, you know. Okay, I thought back to all of those, you know, older, those past years of feeling like um, I needed to have things under control. And it's still something, you know, that I work on, you know, every day. Um, But I think, you know, going back to where I mentioned how the pain started, I think perfectionism and shame was... Uh, really one of the centerpieces there um, for me feeling like you know I needed to be perfect to be the the best father the best husband um, at the time I was finishing I had just finished school that was a real challenge you know getting my engineering degree and dealing with trying to get you know the best grades I could you know and being perfect there and all of those things kind of culminating to those years when I first started, you know, with pain. Um, but anyway, I think working, you know, with Peter and just some of the, the eye opening, I mean, Eckhart Tolle, you know, new earth is, is amazing. Uh, I had to listen to that two or three times. It was hard for me the first time. Um, but the whole, why, why I, was it hard for you the first time? It's, I kept wanting to, to skip. I felt impatient to get to the, mm. it was a strange feeling. It was like, okay, where's the, where's the statement that's going to heal me? <laughs> Isn't that funny? Right. Right <laughs> and, under your nose. <laughs> yes, and I I just love his description of the pain body. Um, yeah, and, and, and the ego, you know, the work on the ego, and ah, uh, yeah, it it just really hit me right between the eyes. And I I also love that statement he says about once you see things this way, once you see that. You know, you are the consciousness that's aware of you thinking. That that, once you've pierced that veil, you, you're not going back. And I could feel that, you know, when I became aware of it. And that's a double-edged sword sometimes. I don't know if you've noticed that. But now you know, like, when you fall back into those patterns, mm-hmm. you can see it more easily. And now... Up can come some of the shame of, oh, Darren, why are you doing that? You know, and all of those thoughts. And that's so now you, you know, you get a chance to work on those. Yeah. Okay. There's, there's, there's the shame piece. Okay. And one of the common things that I loved about that Peter said too, which really hit me, was AS is not happening to me. It's happening for me. It has come into my life to help me master my physical, emotional, spiritual well-being. Yeah. And I think that's the single most 
empowering thought about AS that can help break that cycle of, you know, oh, I'm not, there's something wrong with me. I'm broken. No, things mm-hmm. are exactly the way they need to be. I'm progressing exactly where I And by accepting um, and just being in the moment, it just eased a lot of that anxiety, which gets back to maybe the pain body, right? And how when you get rid of those things, they're not dominant in your life. You're not focusing on them. Then that other stuff falls away. That's kind of, I think, what happened, you know. For so, how would you say that after you took this recovery challenge, or or during it with Peter Winslow, what what was what was the biggest shift? What changed? What changed in you? Well, the first shift was. Um, Probably the I am's. Um, that's amazingly powerful. And when I started doing that, I started letting go of a lot of those thoughts of, and they're just thoughts, right? I mean, they're just kind of flowing along that I was not okay. There's something wrong with me. And that. You know, maybe even going back to, well, I didn't have a father growing up. You know, what does that, what does that mean? You know, when my father didn't want me, um, all those feelings that could come up and did, you know. I think letting go of that, you know, was, was big, you know, for me. And it's still, it's always a daily process. You know, it's, it's. Just staying with that, those thoughts, you know, I am grateful because I choose to be in this moment. You know, I am strong because I choose to focus on challenging my body in ways that are um, improving. Mm -hmm. You know, I am healing. I mean, I love that, too, that there's nothing I have to do. My body is healing right now. And even if I was to get a an MRI and it showed something on it, well, you know what? I did that actually recently. It's a good thing that I'm not just some static image on an on an MRI. I'm a dynamic healing system. My body is there's thousands of bio um processes going on that I'm not in control of that are achieving my greatest, you know, health. And those thoughts of, you know, I am those, it's empowering and it feels truthful. It shifts you into thinking. So that becomes your focus and you're creating that reality. Mm -hmm. Instead of focusing on all the other things. That was a big that was a big shift for me. Yeah. So you it's so interesting. Your your progression it just sounds feels 
so similar to mine. And what what I was doing over time was like pushing away vices <laughs> with me. It was like vice after vice just got to the point where I couldn't handle it anymore. And I was, you know, in, a, in, in pretty rough shape. And as I stripped them away, um, I felt relief and it felt like, oh, yeah, this is what I want to be doing. But like you said, when I would strip away another, then all of a sudden I was aware of something else, another vice. And and just like you, it's like I went through diet and diet helped me out some. I went through um, exercise that definitely helped a, a lot with me that yet there was still this nagging feeling inside of me that a restlessness a anxiety um that just kept on coming up so it, just like you i just kept searching because you know i was also still in pain and it would come and go and up and down and and so that's so that's so interesting because i feel like now now that all those other things are away. It, it's it's just like you're talking about the IMs, the thought patterns, and the old old habits that maybe sometimes I have felt myself slip into, and then knowing exactly, oh, that's that's just an old habit, you know, yeah. an old vice, yes. and now I'm aware, and now I can see it, and I'm. And I'm present and I'm aware and moving in the right direction and creating my future. And yes, it's, yes. it's like you said, I'm moving in a beautiful direction now and, and, I, and I'm aware. So I, like I feel like <laughs> we both kind of went right down the same thing, like that yeah. nagging, that nagging thing and just wouldn't let up and i'm so happy it led you to um that you found that you found uh peter and and did that recovery challenge i'm actually redoing the recovery challenge right now um and having a great time i mean he's kind of updated it and it's changed a little bit for me i took it like three or four years ago three years ago and uh 2017 and yeah so i'm really really enjoying coming back to it and spending time with him again and um yes. so so you you feel how are you doing now like are, are you still on medication are you still exercising yes actually here we are you know in this strange year um <laughs> with, with, with covid and all this uh but Fortunately, last November, I put a gym in my garage. And so I've, yeah, I've got, I've got, you know, when I stopped um, seeing, you know, Dr. Romick for PT, I just said, I'm I'm just going to put a gym in my garage. And, and that was great because of course now it's, it's just so much easier, you know, and I found, um, there's a rhythm, you know, for me, I think everybody needs to try to figure out what works best for them. Right. And I'm a morning person. I fought yeah. that for a while. 
but um you know i just i just that's the best time for me um so i i backed away from it for probably a couple of months you know recently and now i'm re-engaging again and i'm i'm loving it but the thing i love about that is i it brought up some of those feelings of like, oh, Darren, you know, if you're not really doing this, you're going to slip back into feeling awful or whatever. Well, those are all just thoughts. You know, I could step away from a couple months and now I can re-engage and love it and try new things, which I'm doing. And yeah, I'm great. I mean, I'm doing great. I love, you know, being able to to work out at home. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. This has been a really interesting year. I don't know about for you, but I'm so grateful to be able to work from home. And yeah, I think it's, yeah. it's, it's really, in a way, kind of creating new opportunities, new ways of thinking for me. I mean, if I can work from home, you know, what other things could I do? you know, that are different. Just gets you out of that usual going into the office every day and that same routine, right? So I'm feeling good. That's great. I'm so happy for you, man. Thanks. I'm really happy for you. And, and uh, yeah, I, I've, I've been really enjoying um, being at home this year has, uh, has, given me the opportunity of working out in a different way than I, than I have in a, well, ever. And, um, you know, I was going to the gym pretty consistently and lifting some, some weights and which I love doing. And, but, uh, I've gotten into a gymnastics program, an online gymnastics program that I do at home. And, oh my gosh, it's so great. I'm, I'm having such an incredible time with it. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. it's really great. Um, Man, oh man, we uh, <laughs> we we probably have more we could talk about. Though I feel like an hour and fifteen minutes maybe is a is a good place to stop. Um, I just wanna I just wanna say, um, you know, is there anything else that you wanted to leave people with, like a, a message you wanted to maybe? tell someone who's just been recently diagnosed or who's interested in maybe um going the mindset route which you know that guidance for me was was incredible it really changed a lot of things and 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 clicked a lot and it's still changing and growing so anyway any any thoughts you have would you like to leave people with well i uh I would say explore mindset. Don't, uh, you know, I think I put it off for a while. I remember when the opportunity came up to work with Peter and the dominant thing that came to my mind when I was faced with that decision was, what if this is a whole set of dogma that I'm just trading you know, I'm trading somebody else's dogma for my own stuff. You know, is it really the right path, right? Um, and I struggled with that for probably a week or so. And then came to the conclusion that 
Yeah, you know what? Um, I am able to intuitively know when things feel better for me. And there's no, there's nothing to lose by trying to explore new ideas, new concepts. I don't need to be afraid that I'll end off in the weeds somewhere. Uh, that was something everybody I think has to come to that. But when I, for me personally, I knew I had enough inner guidance to know when something felt right. And when I let go of the fear of what might happen, I was excited by the possibilities. And I think I would encourage anybody to explore different possibilities. Um, another huge piece with me was acceptance. You know, you are on the right path. You are where you are right now for a reason. You, know, you are not um, a victim. These things are happening for you to help you. Uh, be open to those doors that open. And walk through and, you know, explore different mindsets, you know, read some of the books. I mean, you and I have probably read some of the same books, but, you know, yeah. Eckhart Tolle is fantastic. Uh, Dr. Joel Dispenza, I don't know if you've explored some of his material. Um, yeah, yeah, I love, love that guy. Yeah, that's amazing. Um, yeah, reach out to Peter. Uh, Ralph Ruiz is another person, you know, in the community, right? That's helped a lot of people. Uh, don't be afraid to reach out. You're not, you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. You know, there's no pride um, that you have to let go of by just letting somebody else open your mind to other possibilities. Uh, I, I, it happened when it needed to for me, and I think that's true for everybody, but um, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for, for you, for the podcast you put together, the people you have had on your podcast, you know, for Peter, for for all of them, you know, they're, they're fantastic. So I think that's my main message. Thank you. Awesome. Oh, that's great. Um, it's been really, really a, a great time chatting with you, Darren. You and uh, I, oh yeah, there's one thing I wanted to just say is that you're you're pain you're pain free, and yeah. that's right. You feel great. Yes, yes. And yes, you're I off feel great. medication. Yep. <laughs> you're off all the. Yep. <laughs> it's amazing, right? <laughs> it is amazing. I, I mean, you were you started when you were twenty, thirty-one. Started feeling pain, 31. and it went to fifty-three ish. Fifty-three, yes, that's right. It's a lot of years. It's a long time. It's a lot of yeah. years, and yeah. you're out the other side. Anyway, I just, I just think we should acknowledge that. Like, let's Thank you. just acknowledge you. what's going on here. I know. Yeah. It I mean, you gone... know, so many ways, right? I mean, you go to the rheumatoid arthritis doctor and he'll tell you, this is what you're going to look like if you don't <laughs> follow all these treatment protocols, right? And yeah. that's scary. I mean, that is really terrifying. I, 
I love the story of, um, I don't remember if the where I heard it, but I've heard it a number of times. There are drug companies, right, that do testing for drugs. And the thing that confounds them many times is the people who experience benefits from the placebo. Mm-hmm. They they really don't like that because it messes with their stats, right? <laughs> but that's where the magic is. Those yeah. people made a transformation in their life without anything, only with the belief that they could yeah. actually be better. Right. You know, that's yeah. A- it's the the yeah, it's it's mind blowing, which is the the foundation for all this mind body healing and the the mindset. And Dr. Sarno will probably the first first guy that, well, I'm sure there's people before him, but Dr. Sarno really nailed it in with healing back pain, the effects yes. of the placebo. And uh, Norman Cousins, you know, with vitamin C and laughing his ass off <laughs> and the placebo effect, you know, like if no one's gone through Norman Cousins, check him out. You know, he had ankylosing spinal, he was diagnosed and got better just just chose to be happy and have a good time and you know and realizing that it's uh that the placebo effects are real thing so what is the placebo effect it's it's the thought of something i take has given me the position the the permission to feel good and yes. i'm taken care of and i'm i'm healthy and these thoughts that's all that's going on these thoughts and these feelings the thoughts that creates and the feelings and that attitude they're walking around that's what's happened. So Darren and myself, we learned that we can choose to think yes. these thoughts and we don't have yes. to take a fake pill. Like it's, we just, you know, there's no sugar pill. It's just, no, I'm okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm everything's okay. I'm going to go to the gym. And yeah. Everything's okay. Yeah. Exactly. Oh man. What a, what a, I, I think we should probably do another one maybe in the future because I feel like we have lots to talk about, so I agree. maybe that will happen. Who knows? Yeah, that would be great. Um, it's been wonderful, yeah. Michael. Awesome, awesome, real pleasure. I wish everyone a great, uh, a great day, great night, wherever you are. <laughs> All the best, everyone.